Hi guys, I'm Brandon Wagner. Um, welcome to our Anthropological Theory Podcast. I'm a fourth year anthropological student here at Cal State San Marcos, and this is my partner. Hey guys, I'm Connor Harvey. I am a fourth year student here at Cal State San Marcos as well, and my major is anthropology. In our podcast, we're going to talk about Dr. Ankil Gupta. We're going to give a short bio on him, and then we're going to talk about some of his theories, and then just talk about anthropology in general. He is an American Indian anthropologist that focuses a lot of his research on uh, anthropology of the state and uh, development, as well as post-colonialism in India. Um, his background in education is pretty long and extensive. Uh, his, he got his undergrad over at uh, Western Michigan University in mechanical engineering. Uh, after he got that, after literally four years, pretty, pretty impressive as well, he went over to MIT which is literally the number one ranked school in the entire world. Not a big deal. Um, he got his master's there in mechanical engineering. And then after that, he went over to a little known school called Stanford and got his doctorate in philosophy and uh, engineering economic systems. Next, his working context in India. So as we've discussed before in this podcast, he worked primarily out of India. Um, one of the regions he worked uh, is known as the Punjab region in, um, I believe, southern India. Um, so beginning in the 1960s, India faced uh, several rounds of food shortages and famine, uh, mostly due to drought, um, underproduction due to uh, two wars. Um, so as the situation in India worsened over a few decades, the Indian government decided that what would be best is to come up with a solution called the Green Revolution, making uh, the Punjab region one of the most economically productive regions in India to date. And still today, the agricultural system that came about in the 1960s has had negative effects on both the environment and India, Indian society as a whole. Um, some of the data that we've gathered suggests that in developing nations, agriculture is a mainstay of creating a robust economy. But as a result, that economy is subject to uh, environmental change and um, disruption of local and traditional ways of life, as many of the people in this region had historically been subsistence farmers um, producing what they needed for themselves and also providing for their community as a whole. But when he heads out to the field um, during his time as an anthropologist, um, he begins to study how this shapes the social fabric of a society. Um, much of his work is focused on the daily lives of average people in India. And so he cites this green revolution as uh, a changing point in their history and um, their economic systems that's having a prolific effect on both their economy and their politics okay so some of this some of this work is actually pretty close to what he was doing like back in the uh, early parts of his career um, at Stanford I, I believe he actually did some it wasn't controversial work it was just kind of a newer form of anthropology uh, or maybe like some new methods of it uh, he basically was branded as a sociocultural uh, anthropologist uh, by his colleagues, and which he coins as stylized dislocation. Um, 
Gupta employs this type of anthropology tends to stem from people or anthropologists who um, take a postmodern approach. Postmodern like approach to anthropology. Um, so postmodern anthropologists or the postmodern movement um, started in the 1960s as well. Um, so postmodern anthropologists tend to dissect and interpret cultural critiques and norms, um, which is different than uh, anthropologists of previous generations who seem who seek to explore the exotic other or um, something that they find unique about a culture. Um, postmodern anthropologists tend to be pretty self-reflective and will work in their own communities. It's a postmodern approach to anthropology to his community, or I guess I could say like the global community because he goes to India quite a bit for field research. Um, so Gupta works a lot on corruption. Um, he focuses his work on um, establishing and assessing what it is in India that is causing so much corruption and is having negative effects on the average person in India. Um, so in his work, he focuses a lot on biopolitics, poverty, political violence, and failure of state-led interventions in curbing poverty and uh, lack of uh, housing and um, food in India. Um, so he states that poverty is a way in India which the government is uh, establishing uh, biopolitics, which is a way of controlling the health and well-being of um, individuals and uh, population. The Indian government use biopolitics to lead people, I suppose. Well, much like uh, everywhere else in the world, um, there is political and structural violence in India. Um, so Gupta goes on to state in his work, Red Tape, Bureaucracy, Structural Violence, and Poverty in India, that the Indian government um, willfully, uh, whether through um, inaction or failure at intervention, uh, allows its citizens to unnecessarily experience poverty. Um, and this prolific poverty is influential in their lives. Um, and in many instances, it's debilitating to their uh, individual and collective, collective success. This dependence on uh, failed interventions uh, is not healthy and does not lead to any productive uh, outcomes for, for the most part. Um, one of the productive outcomes was uh, the Green Revolution. But aside from that, there has not been much change in the social status of many people in India. Uh, uh, this work helped him establish uh, himself as an anthropologist. And what has he been doing as, uh, as of late? Well, lately he uh, is working at UCLA still to this day. Um, I believe he's in his late 50s, maybe early 60s now. But uh, yeah, he left Stanford in 2006 after publishing, I don't even know, probably around 10 uh, publishments, stuff like articles. Um, he left there and then went straight to UCLA. Uh, got tenure at UCLA pretty quickly and easily because he's the GOAT. Um, 
after that, he, well, he's still working there, but, uh, now he is, uh, he's the president of, oh, he was the president in 2019 of the AAA, the American Anthropological Association, um, where he's been working on certain points Like he's trying to steer American anthropology to kind of like look at their own widespread kind of like dominating footprint in anthropology today. Why does he, why does he think that's a problem with, uh, current anthropology or anthropology abroad? Because, uh, well, basically if American anthropologists are publishing the most work, uh, basically just dominating the scale of anthropology throughout the world, we're not taking like the holistic approach that we should to anthropology. We're getting mainly American ideal, like not idealisms, but American aspects and views and opinions on certain like just methods of anthropology and everything, all their field work and all that. So like, um, he wants to increase the diversity of the field. Exactly. He wants to branch out a little bit. He wants us to look at ourselves and kind of diversify everything that as much as we can and with keeping the same quality of anthropology that we have today. So what are his, uh, common critiques or top critiques of American anthropology or, uh, anthropology in general? Well, actually, in his uh, his presidential address in 2021 of the AAA, he <clears throat> he addresses the topics of anth- American anthropology failing to address uh, militarism, imperialism, as well as uh, predatory capitalism. Um, so, what does what does he mean by predatory capitalism? Well, I believe he means uh, basically we live in a very capitalistic global economy at this point. So basically by predatory capitalism i believe he means uh with us living in such a capitalistic like global economy nowadays i believe he's talking about how western countries that are a little wealthier than other like i guess you could consider it like the global south basically taking advantage of the more impoverished uh people in their nations or and other nations and their laxed labor laws yeah exactly uh basically exploiting people like because their laws are a lot easier and for, for yeah. economic gain that's not necessarily yeah exactly good for their society that's not good or fair to like their citizens uh so gupta uh uses his work and his education as uh, an economist uh prior to become an anthropologist to provide a unique and really insightful um theory and uh con- contributions to anthropology as a whole um he provides an interesting insight in focusing on the economic aspect and the cultural interaction in in Indian society. And he takes that insight in India and he uh, looks globally and he looks abroad. So basically what I'm hearing is he's the goat. I'd have to say that. All right, everybody, that concludes our podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you do want to hear a little bit more about uh, anthropology and our theories and all that, Uh, Feel free to check out Anthropological Theory 391 by Lorette McGuire. Yeah. Peace out. Later.